Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. It was a mega weekend of motor racing from all around the world. At home in the UK, we had the British Grand Prix, which was just incredible. And man, Tiff was there, actually. We yep. had the endurance race at Monza for World Supercars, sports cars. Sports cars. Yeah, we had an accurate one to at most sport in Canada. Uh, rain stops a brilliant bit of racing in uh, NASCAR. Yeah, it, was, it was good. Finally, it was uh, Ford in Aussie Supercars taking all the highlights yet again. But we've got to start off with Formula One, unless you've got anything else for that list, Tiff. No, we've also got to look at the ad. The girls run with the former FIA Academy. They were out racing in Monza. Oh, there's superbikes. Um, British superbikes. Super- beer. Beer dominated. <laughs> a beer hat trick for Tommy Bridewell. We'll mention that again later. Uh, and of course, if anyone's still interested, we might even mention some buggies bouncing around in Sardinia. But uh, there's lots on the list to talk about. But um, the main chat is, of course, about the British Grand Prix weekend. And I was up at five o'clock every morning, Saturday and Sunday. I was I was hosting guests for Motor Passion in one of those lovely corporate boxes next to the RDC. Most amazing view. You're looking down into the cars they break for um, Brooklyn's. Um, so brilliant watching lots of uh, fans from around the world. Our box people from Mexico and Canada. So it's always great to mix with the uh, the fans and, and to see what they think, you know, because often they don't know what a Formula 2 car is. They don't understand tyres. I like educating people, which we try to do on Love Cars on the Grid, help you understand. But where do we start about I mean, really, it was McLaren. McLaren, McLaren was the big talk of the weekend. And uh, they were stars from... from Q1, FP1, right through to the end of the race. And uh, it was really good to see them. I'm not going to talk much about the Red Bull boys because Max is just, I say it every week, and Phil, who writes our descriptions, says Magnificent Max every other week. And it's getting boring because he is just in a league of his own. And a headline the, has to be McLaren. Papaya, papaya. McLaren were just magnificent <laughs> McLaren. Uh, and, and Lando and, and the British boys as well. We'll come on uh. to... Uh, uh, well, I love, I love, I love um, uh, Lewis when he, he sort of when he was looking about them, and he just sort of said, "Well, they copied Red Bull side pods." <laughs> Almost tried to say, Sorry. "Hello, Mercedes. Hello, my bosses that have maybe drive these stupid curvy side pods." His hello, hello, McLaren have done what we should have done three months ago and copied Red Bull side pods. I bet um, they copied their floor as well. Remember in Monaco when we saw the Red Bull being yeah, lifted when they lifted the it up, <laughs> lifted it up. So but, let's I mean, start yeah, with qualifying. And for the fourth time in a row, a certain Mr. Perez, who I've been very vocal about saying that he shouldn't be driving for Red Bull. Fifth, I've been told. Fifth. Fifth time in a row. That's what I've heard. Fifth. Fifth time he didn't get out of Q. Maybe that's Q3. He he did get out of Q3, wasn't it? No, he didn't. No, yes, he did. No, he was bottom of Q2. So he did get out of Q3. Um, Or did he? Where was he in the end? We'll come on to that. I'll Google it quickly. We should know this. I should have known that. (laughs) It was Q2 was the highlight, because Q2 is where all the drama really happened. Yeah. Because uh, we had uh, uh, the awful sight, you know, both Williams not getting through to Q1. And, of course, Williams was the other story. We were raving about McLaren. But in, in FP3, there was Alexander Albon, second fastest. And uh, Logan Sargent did a really good job. He was up fifth in one session. I think he was in the top ten. So we had that, you know, before you say you know, Perry's excuse was he was left sitting 
uh, for ages because they wanted because it was rain was in the air. There was only three minutes left, wasn't there? And they had to get them. They were both out of queue one, so it was this rush to be to the front of the queue. So they got Perez at the front of the queue, um, and then he sat there for so long. The same when my tire temperatures went down. Therefore, when I went out, tires were too low and I couldn't get the lap time. But I'm pretty sure that um, both the Williams, who also worked through the Q1 at that stage, were sitting for almost as long as Perez. They were second and third in the queue behind Perez, and they got the laps in to get into Q1. So um, it it's was time. all dramatic it's, stuff. It's time. I mean, Christian says that he's going to stick with him, but it's got to be time for him to move on. Yeah. And we had, we had Lewis there. spinning. What, which queue did Lewis spin off? Was that Q1 or Q2? We had the sight of Lewis just losing. It was Q1. all greasy and it was drying yeah. and, you know, and he just drove it, yeah. drove it out of the gravel, got it out of the That's gravel. Right. Look, Lewis's end weekend to end. So the, the um, qualifying is exciting. I do, I do enjoy the qualifying. So where were you when you were in your lovely hospitality suite, sipping champagne? Where, whereabouts on the track were you? Yeah, breaking Brooklyn, the end of the Wellington okay. Strait, right nice. by the BIDC suite in the in Beautiful, the porter yeah. cabin structures, as I saw it, not the prettiest things. So who was? Because the other thing awful weekend for the Alphas and the Alphas, both Alphas, all four Alphas were out in Q1. So who was the other one out in Q1 if it wasn't Sergio? you doing that. Get Googling. Oh, Googling. Um, so that was an amazing qualifier. It was so exciting. And, of course, you know, the pole position came, we knew, would come from Max in the end, but not by much. Only it was all just, very close. Only just. It was just quite incredible, actually. But before we go to the race, just before the race, we were talking, in fact, we Have need you got, to talk... I thought you were Googling. Who else didn't qualify? It's your I, job. I, I, I gave you one job. Okay. Qu- qualifying. It wasn't, it wasn't Sergio. Sergio was <clears throat> last in so Q2. Hulk, so, so who went out in Q... Uh, Q uh, hang on, the Q2. The four alphas. The four alphas. So Perez, 15th. So then Yuki. So Yuki oh, was 16th. We, 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 an alpha. Uh, Which is the non-alpha? I'll get to my question. Magnuson. Magnus, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Sergio, was, Sergio got stuck at the slowest in Q2. But Magnuson went out. So then yes. we had this amazing grid. There were the two Papaya McLarens, uh, Max, and the, the driver parade was amazing. The atmosphere, the atmosphere was just buzzing at Silverstone. A huge crowd. They came out in these old... 480,000 um, people over the weekend. Oh, yeah, that's so annoying. How many on the day? How many on the day? 180,000 on the day. Um, they came out in these old Bentleys and all sorts of old cars, you know, open top. And, and the cheers for all the British trouble, all the drivers, the fans were there waving. And uh, Lander got out and started shooting T-shirts into the grandstands <laughs> and got into it. It was buzzing. And then, really? you know, when they when they came round, everyone's watching the screens. You know, so we saw the start with Lando out dragged and the cheer. We could the hear it on the, on the TV. We yeah. could hear the cheer. And Oscar Piastri had a go at Max himself. So he yeah. almost got by on that opening lap. So it was a trip of the roar as he came down the Wellington Strait into the sort of great Brooklyn's Luffield Arena area. It was fabulous entertainment. And even when Max got over a second ahead at one stage, Lando actually got back into point nine. He got back into DRS. Yeah. So for a while, we thought, oh, is he going to I stay thought it was on. I thought, I thought it was on, but it was a bit naive of uh, me, really, because then all of a sudden that Red Bull just went. Uh, well, the first, that was the first lap of DRS. DRS. First lap yeah. of DRS. Un, right under my guests in the, in the uh, Brooklyn's, we saw Max Lund. I was a bit disappointed Lando didn't defend on the left, at least make Max go a long way round, but... Uh, he probably knew it was inevitable and wanted to just get on with his race. But, I mean, Piastri, I mean, you know, Lando must have been a bit sort of upset. You don't really like your teammate to be that close to you. 
Uh, tremendous. So many great stories. But you Albon's had to feel story, sorry for Piastri, really, because the safety car ruined his podium. He would yeah. have almost yeah. certainly had a podium, first podium Lu- at Silverstone. Lewis, Lewis lucked in, didn't he? Lewis had a bit of a lucked in there to the... Yeah, the bit of tyre choices. They all sent them out. It was strange that McLaren's went out on white sidewalls. There were lots of different... When that safety car came out and everyone starts panicking. So, you know, Max was on the reds. Lewis was on the reds. Um, George earlier on. Oh, we haven't talked about Ferrari, have we? No. The other part, Ferrari, what a Ferrari. <laughs> George on the soft tyres, chasing everybody else on the mediums. He was on Leclerc. That was a good dice early on. He couldn't quite use those uh, quicker tyres to get by Leclerc, but tried a lot. Then they bought both Ferraris came in before anybody else, I think, pretty much, and jumped straight to whites early on. And then just sort of stayed at the back. Where did they finish? Like seventh? They, they, ninth, did, not, they did nothing at all. Unbelievable, ninth really. and tenth. Unbelievable! After having all that pace at the beginning of the, the season, and now they're just they're, they're doing nothing. It's very strange. Albon had a good eighth, I think. You know, alongside Martin. Hang on, downs. hang on. He didn't well, have a, a good brilliant, eighth. A he had a, a, a brilliant. brilliant eighth. I mean, he he if if it wasn't Lando in second place, he would have got driver of the day. There's no question. He was phenomenal. Yeah. But he was slightly. I think he was disappointed. He didn't qualify slightly higher. That was I did put so him well down. Williams, and it's nice to see Williams edging back ever so slowly as well. And Logan, finally had a good run, the yeah. American kid. I mean, he's half a second off Albon, I think, but he's, uh, you know, he's had a good 11th. But Aston Martin, again, you know, they really are dropping and dropping. Other teams, you know, obviously McLaren especially. Uh, Mercedes was funny, wasn't they? They started practice off the pace. And as always, Mercedes is one of the teams that seem to, you know, if they had a bad FP1, FP2, they do seem to get it sorted and get their cars working on every track. Um, because it was Ferrari that was, um, you know, fourth and fifth on the grid, ahead of McLaren's, and then ahead of Aston Martin's, who definitely seem to have lost the plot slightly. Yeah, but Ferrari weren't ahead of McLaren on the qualifying. Mercedes, 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 a British one too, and and Oscar got his um, yeah. not Oscar, uh, uh, Piastri, yeah, he got his um, yeah. He should have had a podium. It was a shame. He should have. They didn't get the podium because Lewis nicked it. Yeah, but he take Max out of the equation in my little makeup game in my in my tiny little brain, and um, then that's it. But Max, but they are eleven close, eleven straight. They're not getting closer. The safety <laughs> car came in, and they, he was still seven or eight, nine seconds in front, but um. But 11 wins in a row for uh, Red Bull. Just astonishing. So match the uh, record set by McLaren back in the late 80s, it, I think. It, it was good the pace car came in. I know we don't want it. I don't, I don't want artificial racing, but it was getting a bit pedestrian in the middle of the race. Everyone was a yeah. bit static. And it's a shame that now that, you know, with these cars the way they are, we do unfortunately need, you know, artificial things like pace cars and safety cars to... Uh, to make the racing come alive. Some of my guests drunk maybe one glass of champagne too many were beginning to, <laughs> nod, beginning to nod off before woke them up with a safety car. We're going to have another race. It's all going to close up. Um, but talking of, you know, nodding off and entertainment, I mean, apart from the race, it's this razzmatazz. And, you know, I know I, I am of the older generation, but I, I think they just want to trample on real enthusiasts. They just don't give a beat with some of the side shows that they're putting on now. Because the Formula 2 race, which we'll come to in a minute, on the Saturday, 
um, they came out to race, and I've got all my guests out explaining what's going on. And they, they decide the huge stage was facing Luffield and the BRDC and this hospitality unit. And they did the Black Eyed Peas sound check for about 10 minutes, the first part. And it, boom, I couldn't talk to my guests. You couldn't hear the Formula 2 cars. It was so loud. And they just stopped and started. They don't care. They don't care. No, but someone's got to. Someone's got to, you know, understand that there are. Who makes these decisions in in terms of Silverstone? Someone's got to be in control of timetable. Someone's got to say, "Here is the motor racing timetable. You cannot use your stage." The Formula Three first race was coming on the television sets that we had and the screens. With two laps to go, it cut to someone being interviewed on stage. So. uh, They've got to understand that there are still real racing enthusiasts. Uh, and we do, like, we'll, we'll but, tolerate. We understand. I understand that we've got to have shows. We've got to have black eyed peas. We've got to get big crowds. We have raves and DJs. But they've got to understand that there are still real racing enthusiasts. That when it comes to the racing bit, can you please let us just have the racing? Yeah, but Tiff, uh, who makes these decisions, as I was just about to say? Damien Lewis, the actor who sang the national, sang, he strangled, he massacred the national anthem. I heard about that. How how embarrassing was that? Well, it was just awful. He's trying to sing it like the Stars and Stripes, like the Star Stangle Banner, um, with all American. Who was the singer then? He wasn't a singer. He's an actor, Damien Lewis. He's, I think he's in Homeland and stuff. I saw someone using a saxophone or something with it. Oh, he was dreadful. He was absolutely. Why do you know? Who made that choice? I don't know. You tell me. I mean, look at look. Do the grid walk? Go back. I can't. I don't even know who she is. She's a model, Cara (laughs) Delavine or something. I don't know who she was. Martin Brundle was brilliant again. (laughs) So he's on the grid. He's saying, "I want to speak to you." And and some guy with an Alfa uh, Alfa Romeo t-shirt saying, "No, no, no. She's not speaking to anyone." And Martin said, "No. The rule is, if you're on the grid." You've got to be prepared to speak. Yeah. And, and she would not speak. Rude, rude person. She would not speak. And then she pretended she couldn't hear him. And Martin Brundle in typical style said, uh, he said something like, I'm sure she had something really interesting to say anyway. A mm. um, little bit of sarcasm. But yeah. why are these people there? That is, it is all uh-huh. harassmentized and it's not for the race. But, but I'm also talking about that, you know, racing to you just want to watch the racing. Because I was there with our guests, good 40 people in the, in the box, you know, because I told them about Formula 2 and Formula 3 and, and Ollie Behrman, you know, British and see the next future stars. They actually enjoyed the Formula 2. And you get them out away from the champagne bar. Yeah. They all took to the racing. And they said, and one of them said, I'm enjoying this more than the Formula 1, you know, because it, it was close to a lot of action. Um, of course, we had Brad Pitt there. They, they did enjoy seeing Brad, Brad Pitt's film cars went round in between races and stuff going on. We had two little uh, Brad Pitt Grand Prix cars, which are Formula 2 cars uh, with Grand Prix bodywork, cruising around with cameras front and back. He looks such a nice guy. He looks a really know, nice crap. guy. I don't know how they're going to do this film. I've no idea. Are they going to CGI these little black cars into a real... But you can't use real race footage because then you've got to get permission from every sponsor, haven't you, of the... The Formula One team. I don't know what this film's going to be or how it's going to work, but Brad was there. I hope it's going to have the integrity of a proper film, not like we've said before. They're showing the Le Mans film and they're changing down on the Molson (laughs) straight to overtake. Hope it's not going to be too Hollywood. But Lewis Hamilton's the director, so it's pretty Hollywood. When Brad Pitt is someone that was a superstar racing driver, had a terrible crash. So we'll obviously have flashbacks to his terrible crash. Who, thirty years after the crash, comes out of retirement to save the team? So it's, got, it's already got a lot of Hollywood coming in. <laughs> Maybe you can come back. You can come back and <laughs> save the team. I've got Winlemore. <laughs> yeah. 
There you go. Uh, but support race, there was no joy for the Brits. The only trouble is the British Grand Prix, which all the British drivers get their sponsors along, their mum and dad and their family and friends. They had a miserable weekend. Now, Ollie Behrman, you know, I rave about Formula 2, Ferrari Academy. I mean, he qualified fifth, which, you know, is reasonable. We talk about the sprint but, race. Um, so we talk about the first race or the main yeah, race. Sprint race first, yeah, sprint race first, yeah. It was wet, in fact. And Ollie was running second and spun it, coming out, coming out in front of the pit, last corner, had a spin. We had two into uh, the... He had two... Back. He had two um, uh, little spins, really, in the in the, the whole main race. race. Like he was he was having a terrible time all weekend. He was yeah. going backwards, and then he had an amazing battle with uh, Jack Dewan uh, as he was falling backwards and going slower. Poor old Ollie, and uh, he upset Dewan. Jack Dewan was on it this weekend. He was yeah, he was, he was. But, Oh yeah. my goodness! You, I don't know whether you heard it him on the radio though. Oh, he's what? moving in front of me. He's he's <laughs> off the track. He's this. He was worse than Max Verstappen in terms of. I know the adrenaline. But they all when do it there. now. They all oh. do. I, I was watching that race. I had the monitor inside and looking outside when they went by. And he, I mean, I know Ollie was being, you know, pretty firm, but I didn't see many do anything that was outrageously wrong. So I think the F two boys um, do get and Ollie in particular. I think they do get their elbows out of quite a bit. Yeah, but they still, all do. They all do, and and they they don't mind when they're doing it. But the other way around, they they start bitching yeah. to, to, to yeah. their team, and it's just chill out. Yeah, yeah. Ollie's Ollie's teammate. Uh, the Dane Frederick Vesti won the sprint race, dominated and dominated. And then the main race, uh, again, Ollie fell back. He, he was up front initially, dicing for third, and then he just seemed to just fade and fade yeah. and fade until later in the race, actually, when they changed the other tyres, he actually came up and picked a few places, got up to six. But uh, it was Frenchman Victor Martins, one of the uh, Alpine Academy boys, that first, dominated first win. F2, dominated. Yeah, he was really on it in all conditions. Yeah. Um. And then the Formula 3s, again, no British joy at all. Um, just talking about the Formula 3s and regulations and FIA and oh, pace cars, safety cars. I don't know where we're going. The middle of the sprint race in the Formula 3, when it started to rain, we had a good race going on. Um, now, I don't know whether that rule still happens. In the olden days, if it was declared a wet race, then if it rains, you have to come in. If it's declared a dry race and it rains and you're on slicks, they may red flag it and you're, you're allowed to all come in and stop and start again. And yet, because I think one driver actually put wets on at the beginning of the race at the back of the field. So whether they told them it was a wet race or not, I don't know. However, when it started raining, they put the pace safety car out. Not for, not for anyone off the road, but for rain. Now, I know we've had this terrible accident in, in Spa you know, the week before, but... You know, that wasn't torrential rain. There was no visibility problem. The track was just getting slippery. Now, when the safety car went out, some thought, OK, I'll go in and put the wets on. And so for about two laps, I think, you know, that was a chance. But they, they still didn't come in for like four or might have been five laps. The safety car went round. So by now it's drying out a bit. So now whether the safety car was there to stop them being in danger of being skidding around, because the front six didn't change the tyres. But by the time the safety car eventually did go in, like after so many laps, we were all bored and all my close guests had gone back in and had another glass of champagne. <laughs> it started drying. So the guys that decided to go to wets, because that was the strategic call at that time, it was then 10 minutes later, uh, when by the, and so the, the guys with the wet tires, they came forward a bit initially, but then the track dried out and um, it was it. Franco Colapinto, the Argentinian, went on to have his first win of the year. He's actually won two reverse grid races last year. So he's a bit of a reverse, reverse grade specialist, but he's he's steady in the main races. He's sixth of the points, but he came from fourth on the grid in the wet. So it's a good run from Franco Colapinto. But yeah, that frustrated that 
so many laps under the safety car. Someone said they're running the sort of Formula One regs, which might have a specified sort of, you have to go 10 laps with this and then five more laps before everyone's swept the surface. I don't know. But it was too long. Safety mm. cars staying out way too long. As I said, the Brits had a terrible time. The best Brit was Luke Browning in 14th place. Um, we got five Brits. I mean, I got in, in the main race, the best result for a Brit was 19th with Zach O'Sullivan. Uh, Oliver Gray was 20. It's a huge, Taylor, huge just, field, wasn't there? There's like 50. Yeah, cars 36 or cars. 36, 36 cars. yeah. Quick, I was watching Sophia Flush because she's you know, the only lady in the race, yep. and the, one of the front running women. She qualified 28th out of the 30. What did I say? 30, isn't it? Uh, but she came through to 19th in that sprint race. And I was watching her, you know, over the balcony, dicing. She gets stuck in there. But the shame is she's not with a quick team. So she finishes best, her 19th place, was the best Charoux's car. And it does highlight, we have to be so careful in Formula 2 and Formula 3 talking about, you know, drivers. We've all got the same cars. Why aren't you winning? But it's, you know, it's so much being on Prima Power. You know, you're up the front and the, and the other main teams. So she's not with the best team which is frustrating for her, I'm sure, but uh, she did a good job. And she looked great in the pack. Um, good, so the main race was run nicely. Oliver Gerth, Gerth, German, who's the son of the Roscoe guy that owns the um, golf collection. So daddy's got a few pennies. So, But that's the same with most of the kids in the grid. But it was really good. He outbraked his teammate to take the lead halfway through. Drove a really, really solid race. And uh, it was good for him to have his first win. They were all delighted. So... Good racing, frustrating safety cars lasting too long. Talking of which, they're talking about mudguards up and after awful crash at Spa. I still think you've got to change it. Rouge, I do. I'm sticking to that. That's the only way to go. We've got to just slow that speed over the top. It's not so much, and they're talking about headlights and more strong headlights so you can see a car in a mirror, not so you see where you're going. Yeah. I'm reading that in the paper today. But you know, that awful accident, the poor kid was just broadside on. You know, yep. in the middle of the straight. Now they're saying it was on the straight, but I still say it was caused by someone else sped off a radio and he went off avoiding him. And he's on the grass, comes back on sideways on. So I mean, it's just quite how you decide to do that. And I think it's because it's over that crest. But like, that's last headlights. Week's headlights. Week's. I'm going to change a single thing. I'm sorry <laughs> to say about the outcome of that. Uh, but also, but also mudguards. They're being tested. Yeah. Sometime soon, the Formula One boys are going to Silverstone with a couple of Grand Prix cars, and they're putting mudguards on one just to see how much it can make any difference. But apparently, the idea is that they they won't rains... two minutes anyway. It'd be like catering racing. They'll be <laughs> off in the first quarter. But they're talking about if it rains heavily and they're on slicks, they'll come in for a timed stop. And they all have to put mudguards on <laughs> and then go out. And then they have to keep the mudguards on for the rest of the race. So it's not wow. something that's going to be on the cars in the drive. Okay. It's something that literally, if it rains heavily, they all stop and all put mudguards on. So, yeah, so wins for Franco Colapinto and uh, Oliver Gerth. An, an awful weekend for the five Brits who got nowhere. Um, Porsche Super Cup again, British disaster. Harry King, our star kid, that's so his fourth it's not in a disaster. It's not a disaster. It's just a it's just a bad weekend at the office. A disaster very is bad. an earthquake or a yeah, right. plane crash. Well, but it was a very bad weekend. But I mean, poor old Harry because he he was he made a brilliant start. He qualified third, and he was sort of I never know what the names. One of the corners were those stupid tight right and tight left in the middle of the new Silverstone. Do you know the name name of those two? No, nor do I. Anyway, the I, top I, I, four yeah. in the championship were all spinning or crashed or knocked out <laughs> in turn one. Um, the pole man was Dorian Boccalacci, 
um, who was who led down towards that first tight right after the initial. That's what are you talking right, about? On the main GP track or diff- Yeah, the main green P track. You go through the fast right left, then you got heavy braking to turn sharp right, and then the hairpin left. Yeah. Veil. Is it called Veil? What's it called? That's not Veil. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Turn yeah. three. Just before four. you get onto the Hamilton Straight. Wellington Strait. Well, okay. No, I don't even well, know. Yes, just more the Wellington Strait. <laughs> um, but anyway, it, it was it was all instigated by, um, I think he's running second of the championship, the Dutch guy, Larry Tenvorder, outbraked himself. First of all, he punted straight to Harry King, who was outside his left, and then he hit pole position man Dorian Boccalacci, and all three went off at this first real quarter. And Harry's had his suspension smashed. He was out. And having turned right just before they went up to the sharp left, the championship leader, the Danish boy, um, what's his name, Baust, Baust, I don't pronounce these names. Um, I've written it some, somewhere and I can't find it. Bastian Boost. He was clipped by another guy. He was spun off. So the top four of the championship, I think Boost recovered to finish 13th. Bokalachi recovered to finish 11th. Uh, but Harry was out of the spot. So... But a Swiss drop, it's a nice, happy story. It's often when the front four that win all the races disappear. Someone that hasn't won for a while will win. And it was a Swiss team, Alex, um, it's called Fach or Falk or Fash, auto team. And uh, this guy, Alex Fash, runs his team. They haven't won. They've been in supercars uh, Porsches for about 11 years. And they haven't won since 2018. Um, and they managed to win. They came to, I think, qualified fifth. And to make the happy story even happier, it was Mr. Fach's son, Alexander Fash or Fouche. What was, was it like car? to watch? Were there lots of cars on the drive? On the, on yeah, the they, they don't overtake that much. Silverstone isn't a very good overtaking circuit. It's annoyed me ever since the new layout was made. Everyone loves it because it's Silverstone and everyone, nobody says bad about it. But if I had my pencil, I would have made a few corners quite different. It's pretty bloody good though. And to, for those of you that are shouting at your screens or your radios, uh, the type right is Village, the sharp left is The Loop, and then you go around mm. Aintree onto the Wellington Strait. Thank you very much. So it was village where all the crashes happened. And then the loop. The loop is so tight and silly. I went off there yeah. leading that leading the Caton race a year ago. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be quite a few corners added to that list <laughs> when we go through them. So entertaining support races, but no joy for the Brits. And uh, on a scale as a as a punter, you were VIP, but as a punter getting around Silverstone and the general razzmatazz. Well, I'm I left home at um, what, six o'clock both mornings and drove straight into the circuit without any any well you up. went from your house to the every day you didn't stay over yeah no i commuted this time because wow. rather go home you must be and i had the car lined up so as soon as the as soon as the, the um we had competitions with my guest of who got the fastest laps so i had to stay a while a bit of my guest thank you all did a runner and both <laughs> times got out without hardly stopping didn't even delay i don't know how bad the traffic was this year but i think if you plan to go quick and arrive early Arrive early, watch the support races. So that wasn't you, 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 that wasn't one of uh, you racing onto the track at the end with your big McLaren flag. And your, no. and your in fact, again, that noise about respect support races 20 past eight, the Formula Three race on Sunday morning. 20 past eight. I think the Formula Twos were out about 11 o'clock, Porsches at 12 o'clock. And then we had, then we had three hours of nothing apart from. That's crazy because on a, any race weekend, 
you know, you have maybe 10, 15 minutes in between just in case yeah. something runs over, there's a safety yeah. car or something, but you don't need three hours. Tighten it so up a little please, bit. Just please, Liberty, please, F1. You know, no more Damien know that, Lewis. We know, we know that it's going show busy. We know that. We know that brings big crowds and all drive and survive. But just respect a bit of us and just, you know, respect support races uh, and, the, and the, encourage, you know, the viewers to watch them. And no more Damien Lewis singing the anthem, and no more Cara Delevingne, whatever her name is, and no more sound checks. Can I can, can I can I say because I'm I am a Lewis fan, and uh, I don't speak him up that much, but he was off turn three, I think, on the first lap, uh, fell back down the pack, and he, and he's, no. he he's he's doing well in that. You've just looked at the names, so you're not allowed to use turn three again. You've now got to tell me which <laughs> corner you're well, referring. Well, I know to. I know that uh, cops. <laughs> um, That's not turn one. Cops on the Grand Prix track. Of course it's not. Of course uh, it's not. Oh. Not on the anyway, Grand Prix Let's panel. move on. Let's move on. <laughs> let's go to uh, Monza. Lewis. Yes, let's leave. Because there was other... Well, I it was so good. Um, and I was following the cricket as well. England, England cricket. Yeah, that was brilliant. going on a weekend. So I hardly less... But yeah, Monza. World Endurance Boys. Six hours of Monza. Um, it was a bit like... Um, Toyota were pissed off with the balance of power that, that they say lost them Le Mans. So they go home to Ferrari's home track and Ferrari were pissed off because they... Can I, can I, can I just interrupt you and tell you something really funny? <laughs> that turn three is Village, the one that you couldn't remember the name of where all, they were all crashing. A village? Well, <laughs> yeah. Lewis, Lewis went off at turn three at Village. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, Ferrari upset. Uh, they were they had they had this balance of power. I love it really. If it's not Formula One, never with Formula One. But, you know, GT3 sports cars to encourage more manufacturers to enter. Um, Ferrari, after the Le Mans win, were giving plus five kilograms a minus 16 horsepower. Quite how, they, oh, wow. how, quite how they could accurately reduce their power by 16 horsepower. Uh, and Porsche were allowed to keep the same weight as the Le Mans, but they had a seven horsepower reduction. <laughs> It's amazing. And yet it seems to work because the qualifying Toyota took pole from Ferrari and Toyota was third. And then out of the blue in fourth was the much maligned by me, um, <laughs> uh, Pig of a Peugeot. Sorry, Peugeot, I didn't say Pig of a Peugeot, but with no wing. The no wing. I, I don't think it looks bad. I don't think it looks bad. It's yeah. my opinion. It looks. And they were fourth on the grid and yep. they finished fourth. So, I mean. Oh. It was really good. Peugeot were on the pace. In fact, Cadillac was, um, Cadillac was fifth on the grid, Ferrari sixth. They're all covered by 0.4 of a second. So you think how complicated those cars are, four different manufacturers. It's great that they, uh, they close them all up. Um, and after six hours of racing, Mike Conway um, led home the, the pole position Toyota team. Uh, he was one of the crew members, so good one for Mike Conway. Uh, Ferrari second, Peugeot third. So Peugeot on the podium. And Paul DeResta was one of the uh, three Peugeot boys. Uh, so three, all the same lead lap, 200 laps. So a good run. I didn't see how exciting the racing was. Uh, well, I haven't uh, even looked up who, who won the GTs, but I should do, but I didn't. In the support race, Vicky Piria got a big W. She was, uh, she was a winner with um, her co-driver. So what would that have been then? I think, I think it might have been some sort of... Uh, it was, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a pro-ami club racing yeah. support thing. Yeah, still. She's on the top. No, she still the won podium. a class. You yeah. win your class, you win your class. Yeah, absolutely. Um, then, of course, same sports cars, but no longer LMP... DHs, but because they call them <laughs> GTPs in America. Uh, and this time, as you said, you brilliantly read out my brilliant headline, the Accurate 112. Well, it's an Acura, wasn't it? So I was trying Acura. to be clever. The two Acuras. Yeah. The two Acuras. 
um, came 1-2. They bounced back. They haven't been on the front for a while because uh, BMW last round out. And, of course, um, we're talking about Nick Yellily, who won the Spa 24-hour race, having the previous weekend won the IMSA race at Watkins Glen. And he's still on the podium. He's gone from podium to podium to podium. So he was part of the uh, BMW pairing that came third with the uh, American Conor Di Filippi. So pretty good few weeks Nick Yellily's having, going from podium to podium. Uh, with Tom Blomquist, though, the winning Acura, alongside American uh, Colin Braun. So Brits first and third. Uh, horrendous shunt. I can't believe how safe motor... I know it's we talked about Spa, you know, but how safe motor racing is compared to the old days. Horrendous, just three laps from the end. There's a battle going on uh, between Renga, the Dutch guy, Renga van der Zander. It is um, Cadillac. <laughs> that's a, that's Cadillac. a great name, van der Zander. And he came up, to, he, was, he was battling with uh, Augusto Farfus, the uh, Brazilian boy in, in another BMW, the second BMW. And the end of the 180, 190 mile an hour straight, uh, and he was he was halfway along the along down the outside, and Farfus just edged him and edged him. So just before the braking zone, he's got his two wheels on the grass, and uh, of course you don't slow down so well. And he ended up four wheels on the grass, going to an advertising hall. He locked. There was a bit of tarmac runoff before ninety degree, not slightly angled, just tire walls ninety degrees, <laughs> and he piled in. And I just what a shunt. And it's a six deep. They have they're much deeper tire walls than IMSA. I've seen these big shunts where they plough in to these piles of tires. Um, but he just got out and yeah, a bit, bit pissed off probably. But, <laughs> I mean, it, it was six think or so? seven. Do you think he was pissed off? Or do you think he was happy? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm waiting to read and find out what penalty was done because you've got to stop that sort of driving. I mean, if I was in charge, Farfus would be banned for two races at least minimum. You, know, you can't move over on a guy at 180 miles an hour as you're going into a braking zone. Of course you it's can't. Just... No, you can't. You, you know, if you if you walk away from from that as he did, great. But you you, you can't do it. It's, no. That thing should be clamped down on. I agree. I think Renga might be the one that had the horrible crash with the Cadillac at Spa as well when he, someone piled a Cadillac. It might have been him then as well. He's had a bad week. Cadillac had a few big wrecks. Anyway, thankfully it is amazing that when that shunt in a Porsche 962. In my ear, right? You'd have had the wall up to your face. Let's, let's not talk about you. shunts in Le Mans Porsches uh, just now. We'll come on to that at the end of this um, podcast. <laughs> What's coming up this week? But uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll move from Canada. Move from Canada then. Mossport in Canada. They, I think they've renamed it to Mossport. It's not Mossport because of studying. No, Moss, it's, it's called Canadian Moss. Tire Motorsport. Yeah, circuit or something like that. Even though Sterling Moss did win then, I think it's a coincidence that it's called Mossport. <laughs> um, NASCAR was brilliant. I only it's all, of, it's all about the branding, son. Up. It's all about the branding. Um, yeah, brilliant. The NASCAR, they went to this Atlanta track, which about three years ago, they, they increased the banking and narrowed the track. And they sort of created a one and a half mile Daytona. So Daytona is what, two and a half miles. So they created this super speedway that's full throttle in, with fresh tyres when you're on your own. Um, and they're like 185 miles an hour, all the way around, 185 miles an hour. Uh, and it was just, as a spec, they were one one wide and then they were two wide and three wide. And, and the racing, it's just a pack. And people creep up and because you dive down the inside. Initially, it started a single lane racing. And as the race goes on, you're getting towards the end of the first stage. Because there's actually three races, of course, NASCAR. You have a first stage, check and flag, then you'll go in and then have a second stage. 
And as it builds up, you get two whites and three whites. But when you're, when you're a single file, the guys, they say, you've got to try and move up. So they, they'll dive down the inside and they get ahead because it's a shorter way around the inside of the corner. But then if you fail, you've now got to get back into the single file queue, which is going faster than you are. So, and you've got your spotter saying, you know, bumper, you know, not clear, not clear, shoulder, spoiler. And then like when there's, you know, when they do the handbrake parking into a narrow spot, it's almost like that competition because it's like when there's a gap that's like three inches bigger than the length of your NASCAR, the spot will go clear, and you just you just have to oh. go up. So it is, it's like it's on the motorway when it's really heavy traffic, and you sort of go yeah. from one lane to the oh. other. And it was but just spectacular. The drivers were moving back up through the pack, and, and if if you go down and you don't get back up in, you can go from the second place down to tenth or fifteenth, you know, because you can't get back into wow. the fastest lane. And of course, when the tires get work, you know, start worn out, and you know you, you're not sort of full throttle anymore, and you're moving around the aero. And it's, it's, it was just, it was just brilliant racing. By the way, um, can I just amazing. say, Tiff? Sorry, can I just say when I said about slow traffic on the motorway going in and out of the lanes, I don't do that. I just stay in my okay. lane and I take my oh, punishment. Of course, yeah, he yeah. he does that. <laughs> if he can get six inches in front of somebody, uh, who, who are you pointing at? You, you, pointing at you know who I'm pointing to. He's as competitive on the road, but safely, but uh, as he is off the road. Oh, on the track. Just, just going to play the game. Going to play the game. <laughs> anyway, uh, sadly, it was all ended with a rain came. Uh, and they'd done, they'd done three quarters of the race, they'd done 185 laps of the 260. Um, and the lucky man out front, but they were all going crazy because they all knew the rain was coming. They were all going, now everyone has rain radar. So everyone knew the leader when it rained would probably be the winner because they wouldn't restart it. They'd done enough of the race to make it count as a race. And William Byron, to show anyone could win, William Byron, 23, he's already won twice this year. Been spun earlier on. He'd been off and in the pits and had the new tires and gone to the back of the field. But he was the leader when the when the yellow came out, the rain came, and um, he was the winner. Whereas his teammate, the great number five, Carl Larson, spun off on his own. He had been leading in the leading bunch, and then he pitted. He had a bad pit stop. He came fifth in the um, second in the first stage. So my hero fell to the back. But it was great. <laughs> But yeah, it's, good to, it's good to hear a uh, 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 exciting NASCAR race. And I think yeah. those ovals, those short ovals as well, uh, really work. And it's just that anyone watching, anyone watching last night. The trouble is, it was midnight in England. It didn't start till midnight in England. So I'm not sure many British fans would have watched it. But it was a fabulous spectacle. Um, and similar Super Bowl, Supercar going to Australia then with the NASCAR of Australia, where of course um, Shane Van Gisberg was making a hero's return. Uh, after um, his win in, in NASCAR in Chicago, he only managed a fourth and a fifth. So it seems harder to win an Aussie supercar race than it is to win a NASCAR race. But maybe he had a bit of an advantage with the NASCARs because they're not so good at the street races. But the big story from Townsville, wherever that is, that had this supercar race, was the Ford Mustang. Finally, in its 16th race with these new, car new cars this year, managed to beat Chevrolet. Because there's this balance of power that hasn't worked for Ford. That you know they've been <laughs> they've been tweaking. I don't know whether they tweaked something more for this week, um, but even so, you know, <laughs> it was a Chevy second to seventh behind him. It was Antoine Anton Pasquale who had this win for Ford. So Ford have finally won uh, down in, in the supercars in Australia. So there'll be a lot of happy Mustang owners down there. Um, they're, they're, they're all not they make them anymore but they're all holding aren't they down in australia so I no you've lost the plot haven't you 
Why? I know they don't Holden. make them anymore. I know. Holden. I know. Holden. I know. Who are Holden? That's the thing. There is no Holden. I know. Holden I know. is no more. They're but, Chevrolets. But I know. They're Chevrolets. But yeah, but have they have they embraced this new American owner? Or because they're all old school Holden. All the everyone still has Look, the Holden memorabilia. If Shane, if Shane Van Gisbergen's driving one, they'll embrace it. That's true. All right. It's embraced. Okay. Um, back right. to Europe. Monza had the Formula One Academy ladies. Abby, well, Abby Pulling, she did well with the pole position, but didn't I know we thought she'd the win race. the championship. Yeah. yeah. She had a she had a fourth and a third and a second, but she still hasn't had that first week. She's up to fourth in the points, but way behind um the Spanish girl Marta Garcia, who had a win, had another win at Monza. The other winners were the Swiss driver Lena Bula, who's about fourth in the points, and a Filipino, um Bianca Bustamante for the Philippines also had a win, but no wins for pulling. She only got about one weekend left, I think, before they have they have their big finale. I, I thought she would have dominated. Maybe these no, no. slower cars for her, let, not not so much downforce. Oh. Uh, uh, back in Britain, the British superbikes up at Snetterton and Tommy Bridewell had all three. The beer monster Ducati had a triple win. He now moves out into a big points lead and um, ahead of his beer monster teammate. So the beer was flowing at Snetterton in the British oh. superbikes. <laughs> Very good. Did you um, see... Um, Moto three, did you see any of that at, at uh, Circuit of Americas? Was Moto it at... three Circuit of Americas? Yeah, wasn't that this weekend, or is that a while ago? <laughs> Hang on, I'm you've my completely notes. lost me. <laughs> What's going on with my notes? Moto three were at Circuit of Americas about four months ago. Oh I yeah, sorry, that's ago. on my old notes. I'm looking at my. Um... I'm not as organised as you in my notes. He is very <laughs> organised. I'm not quite so organised as you. You were thinking, um, you were wondering how you missed it, weren't you? What? Yeah, so you started me worrying for a moment then. Yeah. Um, anyway, the only other international motorsport going last weekend, and if anyone cares, I want to know down below, someone make some comments, or I'm not even going to bother to mention the extreme ease of bouncing around Sardinia in what they call their island grobby. Does anyone, anyone take much interest? Anyone let me know if you're a <laughs> fan of Extreme E, because it's just nobody should cares. It, nobody should cares. it be mentioned on this podcast, this global motorsport roundup podcast, should we be mentioning electric buggies? I think so. Rosberg had a double win. First time, wasn't it? They've, anyone's ever done that? Didn't even, I didn't even bother to look at results. Okay. What's I saw coming Katie up Munnings. Next... I called Katie Munnings upside down at one stage. <laughs> what's coming up? Next week. Uh, next yeah. weekend, right? Next week, single-seater-wise, it's the IndyCars at Toronto, which is a frightening street track with this incredibly long straight ending up in a very sharp right-left. It's, it's a fabulous racing track for uh, street courses. Always very entertaining. So I would really tell you to watch IndyCar at Toronto. Bikes, World Superbikes at Imola. I'm not a big Imola fan. World Superbikes, I think I can probably say that Baz uh, Gatliogu might win and Jonathan Ray might win and they'll probably both be beaten by... <laughs> Why don't I write down names by the championship? What's his name, the Spanish guy? Who's won all the races? Bautista. Yeah. Um, NASCAR go to New Hampshire. Super 4 in Japan. That's interesting. Keep your eye on there to see if Liam Lawson can win again because I still think that Red Bull, whatever... Christian Horner says, I still think that Red Bull seat might be given to someone else this year. Uh, and Liam Lawson that's doing so well in the Japanese Super Formula Red Bull boy is obviously one of the candidates alongside Mr. Ricciardo. And we have Formula E. 
which, you know, it always, it entertains in its own little way, whether you like the slow bicycle race or not. But in Rome, it's actually one of their better tracks, where the, it's all about, in Formula E, where the circuit is one with a balance between having to regen and drive fast. And I think in Rome, they don't do that much regen and they can race a lot more because there's enough natural regening in the way that layout is. And the drivers love it. So give Formula E a bash. I think it's a double head at Saturday and Sunday for the Formula E's. E's. Anything else on this weekend? Yeah, there is actually. Uh, it's a little car event called uh, Goodwood Festival Speed. That, oh, um, yeah, that uh, yours truly happens to be driving a couple of cars up uh, the hill. They let on... you. Well, but <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't been contacted. Who, who's, who's contacted you? You're going to be busy. I think if you. I, but, but, I'm not if anyone for, thinks, I love by the way, festival. I if love anyone to be, thinks, by the way, for one second that I didn't offer Tiff these epic drives before, then because uh, he, he is winding you up a little bit. But uh, he's very kindly given me the drives. Uh, and it's something else, really, isn't it, Tiff? We got um, a little parade on Thursday, nine 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 three Turbo S, which I think is a beautiful little car. But that's not driving. You learn the hill. You're learning the hill, are you? That's not against the clock. But then on the Friday in the supercar run, driving a GT3 RS and then the Dakar 911s. Then on the Saturday, it gets a bit serious because, and the weather forecast is not the greatest. But on Saturday, uh, in the morning. I am driving a 936 Porsche, which was a, the, I'm driving the actual 1981 Jules. Oh, Le no, no. You car. didn't tell me that was a possibility. I would have driven <laughs> that one. That was my first Le Mans. I was the Ibeck Cosworth and, and Derek Bell. And that's what got Derek Bell his Porsche drive that made him a Porsche factory driver for the rest of the um, rest of the eighties. That's that's a, that's a hell of a car. That is save, wonderful. Save all this for um, for the uh, for the video for the for the item. It'll have a uh, it'll have a spool. It'll have a locked rear differential. You realise? How am I going to get a bit wet? The... Well, yeah. I... <laughs> the roundabout <laughs> to start the course. I'm not sure. Oh. You know. <laughs> Be a ten point turn. And then uh, I got. I better find reverse first. Um, and then in the afternoon, I'm driving another Le Mans winning car, which is the 1998 GT1 uh, Porsche, which is just the oh, yeah, phenomenal. the cheating Porsche. The cheating oh. Porsche. Or is it the other one? 199. Which 19? Is that the GT1? So silver, I think it was with blue and red. I think was... the one with sort of a bit of an ugly nose. Cause it's the, it's the 911 that wasn't really a 911. Like yeah, like the, the GT1 road car you drove. Yeah. Um, Not because they made another sort of GT version for the next Le Mans. And it was then, a bit of a ha- hazy period of Le Mans, that was. Yeah, and then Sunday, if I'm still in one piece and Rob <laughs> from Porsche is still talking to me, uh, keeping on the track, I'm driving a couple of runs up in the 1984 Paris-Dakar winning car, which is a 935, I believe. Oh, my um, goodness. And we can see all this on Love Cars, I presume. Yeah, well, we TV can... series, are we filming? Am I coming? Yeah, we are, but I think we, it is so good, such a good opportunity that if we wait for this to come out on the next TV show, it could be a while. So we'll get it out on YouTube as well. So Tiff will be there on the Saturday. Come and say hi if you see us. Um, we'll be lurking around the Porsche Le Mans cars. So glorious uh, Goodwoods, a fabulous it is an, and a, it is and a car show. show. Not racing, but a car show. But sometimes are involved for certain teams and certain drivers. It's a, it's a little bit it's a little bit um, daunting because not only driving these incredible cars, a little bit damp as well with the weather forecast. But I just Goodwood just sent the list of drivers through, and you've just got these Formula One winners, Le Mans winners, Formula One champions. You know, it's some of the drivers that you've looked up to your whole life and and grown up with. You. And then, and you and then me <laughs> yeah. 
but it's going to be uh, a, a, an amazing opportunity. Very grateful for, for Porsche to let us, let us do this. So uh, See you Saturday, Paul. I hope to see some of you there at Goodwood. It's a wonderful, wonderful weekend, so I'm sure I'll see somebody wandering around. Come and say hello if you see us. Thanks for joining. Cheers. <laughs>